Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Bri, we are back after opening night, ring ceremony night. The Warriors eventually had their way with the Lakers, winning 123-109 in a game that when the third quarter was happening, I thought we were just going to forego the fourth quarter and start the podcast. But the Lakers played a little defense and made it a little bit closer. What was the highest that the Warriors were up by? Like They were up by, like, Almost 25, I was going to say. It's probably something around that. Um, I don't think they got to the 30 mark. But yeah, it was that little fourth quarter spurt they had. It was like a 23 to 9 run at some point, I think. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're going to talk about the game. Go over the game a little bit. Then we'll talk about some Warriors predictions and then some NBA predictions as well. But the first thing is let's talk about this ring ceremony. Saw this photo, <laughs> LeBron, not not too happy. Le- LeBron, because of the way the NBA does the schedule, and because of how many finals LeBron has played in, like he's had to watch a lot of ring nights over his career. This poor guy. Uh, and and this year, Warriors played against the Lakers, so he had to watch the Warriors get their rings. And uh, I thought it was kind of cute the way that they did it. The that they, they had a representative of all of the championships that the Warriors have had uh, going all the way back to, um, God, there was two even before the 75 teams. Al Adels was there for the 75 team. And then you had people who are working on the working with the team, like uh, Livingston, uh, Zaza. Livingston wasn't there, was he? Yeah, he was representing the uh, 2018 championship, oh. I believe. Uh, they, I guess they couldn't get KD to come. Well, back yeah, I forgot. Livingston does work for the team. I think I was thinking of uh, the Brazilian. God, why am I forgetting his name? The Brazilian Blur. We going to be championship? Yeah. yeah. Barbosa. Yeah, because he went to the Kings while we were sitting courtside at, <laughs> at California Classic. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome to see from the 2015 team, Mo Spates. That was awesome. Uh, we have a uh, young Randall. He, he's he's a, he's a Bulls fan, but he's representing. He's he's just hanging out with us here. Uh, he he was mentioning the, the the LeBron photo there. He said salty LeBron, but 
yeah, that was that was kind of cool to see Mo Spates again. Like I didn't I, I didn't know exactly what they were gonna do. I had heard that there was gonna be some players in the building. Quindary Witherspoon got his <laughs> ring in street clothes in his uh in his fiery whatever that shirt was that he was wearing. But it was good to see Mo. It was good to see S dot. It was good to see Zaza. And then of course, you know, all the players. Uh that what did you think about the whole like um how they did the rings and then they how they dropped the banner? Like it, it was pretty similar to how they they've done it in the past, but it felt a little bit more for the crowd because it was San Francisco's first time. Uh and it was like their fourth time. So Right. Right. Not like they want to get it over with, but it's kind of like been there, done that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Clay messed up. Of course he's gonna mess <laughs> up. I think he was supposed to throw to a video and then Steph was gonna come in, but then he threw to Steph and Steph was like, Nah, man, we, we got more to go. Uh but uh, yeah, it was fun. I, I like seeing that stuff. I remember the first time they did the ring ceremony, so the 2016 season, like that felt like really crazy because it had been, uh, you know, 40 years, for, I think 40 years exactly. But then they've had, you know, now uh, three more since then. So really cool. It was really cool to see and that, you know, that if you think about it now, now here's something to think about. The Lakers and the Celtics have the most titles. Uh, I think I think then it's the Bulls and then it's the Warriors. It's it's like it's something like that. How many of those championships do the Lakers get to count being in Minneapolis? Well, <laughs> how many do we get to count? Two. How many of I think them are in Philly? I think there's two pre pre California. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going by that, then yeah, the Lakers can't count a lot of them either. Well, Boston I mean, just, but the Boston just gets to run away with all. Yeah, of them. Yeah, Boston gets all. Of, but the NBA does do it. Like if you and when they count the championships, it's just based on the franchise. It's not based on where you were. But it's it's funny because uh, Bill Simmons is the one who who made this comment. Hulu did a series on the Los Angeles Lakers, and Bill's like, "Oh yeah, I, I imagine we're going to see tons of footage from the Minnesota years." And he's like, of course not, because nobody cares about the Minnesota years. Only Lakers fans count the Minnesota years. So I, I found that to be funny. But the Warriors are up there. The Warriors are like, I don't know, fourth or fifth or something like that in, in NBA uh, championships. So that is something to be accounted for. Uh, and then this game started. And I would say the first half of this game, I was thinking it was preseason again. Yeah, there it was, was news lo- fest. Lots of sloppy plays, bad shooting. And that's going to happen for the Lakers, right? They don't they don't really have any outside shooters. Kendrick Nunn, his, his stroke actually looked really good, mm-hmm. but nobody else did. I thought everyone else was just just off, and and it didn't look like some of these shots were even coming close. Like Pat Beverly, uh, he was he he was trying to get in rhythm and just way off. Russ shot an air ball when they dared mm-hmm. him to shoot a three, but ultimately I thought the first half was really bad. And if you watched. Uh, Philadelphia, Boston, that game was actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the teams so were playing really good. Boston looks fast and athletic, and the Warriors uh, looked like it was, you know, kind of the, the game before the season started. The pre- it, was, it was similar to like the the Denver and uh, what what was the game? The, I guess it was Lakers. They they played in preseason as well. It's kind of reminiscent of those games and. Because they played all of their young players, I think they played 
uh, 12 players. If you count Rollins, uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Baldwin did not play, but it's like 12 players played in this game and 11 of them played uh, meaningful uh, minutes. Yeah. 11 of, of the players had, uh, Seven, te- technically 10 players had double digit minutes. For some reason, Moses Moody did not get a lot of playing time. He was like the 11th man on the team tonight. He only played seven minutes and then Ryan Rollins got two minutes at the end. But uh, yeah, the first half was really bad. And then the Warriors came out firing in the third quarter. And uh, I'm let me, where's the, uh, where's the box here that shows us what the, what the quarters were. I don't, I don't actually have it, but um, I'll find it. I'll find it. But th- they just came out blasting and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, they just caught rhythm or whatever, but that was, that was a really fun third quarter. And then, like we said, in the fourth quarter, the, uh, the teams kind of were play, both playing sloppy, both hitting big shots and everything. But uh, let's talk about some of the key points here. So Steve Kerr plays everybody. What did you think about his uh, his attempt, I guess you would say, to show the players like you're going to get run in these games and we need to get you guys up to speed very quickly? I don't like it. <laughs> I think that there's... <clears throat> I think that there's stability in having a set rotation and guys uh-huh. know when they're coming in and going out and, uh, you know, they, they know they can catch rhythm more if they're playing in a spurt or mm-hmm. an extended amount of time rather than just like little spurts here and there. So, I mean, it's going to take some getting used to, but I think it's uh, definitely, definitely rocky right now. I, I wouldn't say I like it just yet. Okay, so do you not like it because you want to see that starting five or at, let's say the top seven play more uh or or like could you intermingle those guys with the the younger players because what happened is is when they started doing the rotations it was Steph and all the young guys it was Steph Jordan Poole um uh Kaminga and I guess uh, Wiseman and I guess Jermichael Green wasn't there so he's another vet but he's not really an offensive force though he did have some some pretty good offensive numbers here uh, because they they could, you know, intersperse them a little bit better, but they didn't. You know, Kerr Kerr like he let these guys kind of play it out. Now, in if it's Denver, and we know Denver is going to be a much better team than the Lakers, we we may see a, a more normal rotation. But uh, but yeah, it was, it was the Lakers, so I think they figured that hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just uh, let these guys play a little bit, and and this is going to be a little bit of a different uh, rotation here. Uh, Mark Nobita says the Lakers were leaning on uh, Beverly to hit threes. Yeah, I I don't get that at all. I know I you mean, like I know you like Pat. I do, but I don't like him on that team. Yeah, well, because he's he's like the number five option, and Pat Bev should be like a number eight or a number nine option. So, but I mean, Pat probably hit. I think I want to say that his number was like thirty five to thirty six percent of his threes last year. But I mean, there's something between you know stats and eye test where you know you could tell that form isn't like the best if it's getting contested. So. Yeah, and we had this up uh, earlier in the season, and I, it, it sort of played out the way that I thought. Now, Pat Beverly is going to help them in ways that the shooting, it, you know, won't necessarily help. The, he, the referees called him uh, a little more closely uh, than they may call him later in the season. He was very aggressive. He got two fouls early on, 
Then he picked up the third and he had to leave. And then right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think on the first possession, he gets the fourth foul. And so he's got to come off the court. He did play in the fourth, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was, it's not a, a great mix when it comes to their lineup. Um, but, but back to, uh, back to Kerr, I think he, I think he was trying to do his Popovich and he was trying to look like a teacher out there. He was just serving the young players. He wasn't getting mad. The only time he really got mad was when I think they hit a three and then they gave up a three like immediately. And he was just like, you can't do that. So um, I don't think he's too competitive, I think, to be pop. So I don't think this is going to be the entire season. I can't imagine it's going to be the entire season because I don't know if he has the patience to just let uh, Jordan Poole go two for nine from three point land and keep shooting him deeper and deeper and deeper and just yeah. missing and missing at, at some point, you know, he, he has to teach like, okay, we, we need to make an adjustment here, but yeah, he was, he was like free. He was like letting these guys play so freely. It was, and it was ring night and it was versus the Lakers. You hated it just a little bit earlier. Like, I don't yeah. think they take this team, this team seriously. And they could have just kept messing around and probably still won the game. But you know, that fourth quarter happened. So I guess they started taking it a little more seriously. Yeah. So let's talk about the third and the fourth quarter. Uh, Steph Curry, he ended up 10 of 22 and 4 of 13 from three-point land. I think in the first half, he was 0 of 5. So second half, he is 4 of 9 and 9 of 9 from the free throw line. Uh, Six rebounds, seven assists, four steals, but he also had four turnovers. 33 points. How did you think he played overall? I thought that was the quietest 33 ever. Like, he was just... I mean, just just I feel like it's going to be hard to really evaluate this game because I don't really think there's much to take away from it because I don't think the Lakers are a real test on what we might think of this team going forward. I think that might be more on Friday against the Nuggets. Yeah, but like I think Steph was just letting everyone cook, everyone do their thing. You know, like Poole was taking a lot of wild shots. Clay was taking a lot of wild shots in the beginning. <laughs> then the young guys come in and they're going to want to get theirs. So Steph was just kind of do the right thing guy. Like I'll just cut off ball and you'll find me and I'll shoot free throws. And then by the time it was the fourth quarter, I was like, all right, I'm just going to like kind of do my thing now. And I thought that was such a quiet 33 by him. I was just, I didn't expect that number. Um, so yeah, lots of backdoor. Yeah. Lots of backdoor, lots of cutting, uh, lots of kind of weaving in and around Davis to get to his side. Yeah. Where <laughs> you could kind of run a little bit of like a blocker to get it, to get, in front of Davis, and then Steph kind of goes off to his side. A lot of that. Uh, Sheed from Warriors World ma- made a tweet that I I had actually <clears throat> sent a note to you and Ben. Sheed was like, you know, you got to get the white guys off Steph and Jordan Poole. Like he was like, I, I I'm not I'm not trying to demean them, but like they can't guard these guys. And I thought exactly the same thing. And what it reminded me of is when I was working for KMBR. Tom Tolbert, who is now who works still works at KMBR, but he does the uh, the color commentary on the radio broadcast with Tim Roy. He played for the Warriors in the late '80s, early '90s, and he said that they were playing the Celtics one night, and Don Nelson had him guard Larry Bird, and Larry Bird turned to Don Nelson and said, "You have to have a black guy guard me." Tolbert, Tolbert <laughs> cannot guard me, and sort of that's kind of what it reminded me of when when Steph just backdooring on 
Uh, was it Austin Reeves and then who or was the other guy? Ryan? Matt, who the hell is Matt Ryan? Who is that on, guy in the NBA? I've never heard of him. He made one three. A stroke looks okay, but I was like, how are you in the top eight or nine rotation on this They need team? shooting, but I feel like Quindary would be good for them. So JTA, unfortunately, they are looking for JTA to bail them out, but we know JTA's an average at best three-point shooter. He was 0 of 3 from the field. All three of those were three-pointers. Um, he he He's busy. Uh, he pulled four boards. He's moving. He's passing. But I, if you if you expect JTA to just uh, do four, you know, four four out, and he's one of the four guys out, I I just don't see how that is beneficial to JTA's game at all. Like JTA needs to get up and down, and he he needs to be able to use his athleticism, and he needs to be able to uh, get out on the break and and have creative players around him, like. Having him just sit out there and try to shoot threes is just a bad idea. Yeah, and it's not going to look good going forward either. He doesn't that, really fit on the team. But I was glad to see him get the ring. That was cool. We got to see JTA get the ring, and then his mom was sitting courtside. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Happy for him. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to be – I think there's going to be a little bit of envy from these guys. Like, they had to go get their money, right? Like, JTA had to get his money. Gary Payton had to get his money, but Gary Payton – uh, I, I have a feeling he's going to be a little frustrated on that Blazers team this year. But, you know, we'll see that they, they could play a little bit uh, out of what we think they can play. Uh, but uh, what did you think about uh, Wiggins's game? Because you talk about quiet. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Wiggins had a quiet 20 and a quiet four of seven from three, including two step backs. One of them right in LeBron's face like Wiggins, I thought was. uh Kind of, I, I I would have to sort of look back, but I feel like he was either he or Looney were, were like the two best players on the court, not named Steph Curry tonight. I agree. Um, just picking up where he left off from the finals, and it shows why we paid him. I don't really have like the the best answer for that. He just looked good, right? He just did everything right on defense, and then on offense, he would just hit. He would he would you know do his little fadeaway twos that sometimes would go sometimes wouldn't try to try to uh be there for the offensive board too and then then his, his threes like if this is a wiggins like we can get because you know the story with wiggins has always been he'll he'll be really good for a while and then he'll just like kind of cool off but if we can like maybe not 20 but like 15 and to 17 like consistently yeah. like sign me up and he's the shot that you mentioned where he he's so confident pulling up from 17 18 or he'll get in the key a little bit and he'll shoot that little turnaround or that little fadeaway he's really comfortable in that yeah. area and he looked good with the stroke from three point land this year or uh tonight but he, you know he was sort of in and out with his stroke last year but yeah i like the confidence he looked he looked like he it was almost like, um, you know, last year was the first year that he played with all of those guys. And so he had the, the one year they go out and win the title. And it feel, he, it's almost like, okay, last year I knew how to play with these guys, but now I, I have the mastery of playing with these guys. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like. It looked like he, he figured out like, oh, now I'm, I have a mastery and, and, and it's just going to enable uh, everything. So Clay only played 19 minutes, and we, we heard that from the announced team. 
By the way, Reggie Miller, it's DiVincenzo. I don't know what he was saying, but you're the last person that should be giving advice on on like last no. name spelling or, or pronunciation. No. Okay, I'm not a professional play by or professional color commentary guy. DiVincenzo, what was he saying? He was like saying Diva Diva Chen's Diva Shen. I, I was like, come on, Reg. It's not that hard. <laughs> Just call him the big ragu. That's what we do. We call him the big ragu. Easy. <laughs> uh, uh, so what did you think about Clay? 19 minutes. He was chucking, man. He, he, he was chucking. Like, he looked like Clay. 18 points. Uh, he had uh, four, uh, two of six from three. Uh, Dr- Draymond was kind of quiet. I don't know. He was a little bit subdued. I don't know if it's because he had to guard Davis, and Davis is just such a big dude. But he was he was not. I didn't I, I didn't even see him get angry one time. I didn't see him argue with the ref one time. I think when he took his, when he was exiled in quotation marks from the team, and they did that one. That, well, they showed the documentary kind of thing today, but they had a clip where he was like working out in his personal facility while he was exiled from the team. I think that was just for camera. I don't think, I don't think he kept working out after the camera went off. I think, (laughs) I think he's been a shout out to Jalen Rose, but he's been champagne and campaign and all (laughs) summer. I think Draymond's probably out of shape. Probably clay. I mean, clay, we were, we've heard stories all summer, how he hasn't been scrimmaging, you know, it's like a PTSD thing for him. So I think it's just going to be a little ramp up. That's why he had a minute restriction of like 18. So I guess he went over it. But uh, I'm not looking too deep into like how Clay, how Dre played. Even I wouldn't even look how any of the starting five played. I, they just need, you know, they just won a championship. They're just, they're just going to slow their way into the season. There's no urgency from them, which All I right. think is fine. What about what about Divincenzo? I wasn't impressed. No, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm starting to learn the kind of player he is. You know, I think I said on this podcast when we got him, I was like, oh, cool. Another shooter who might, you know, play some decent on-ball defense. And then he just turns into like, oh, wow, he's just like a point guard, essentially. He's just a playmaker. Um, and uh, our my guy, uh, NBA University on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. he posts those graphs where it's like yeah. uh, X axis, Y axis. And, and, you know, you want to be on like the top right because that means like you're good at one thing and you're good at the other thing. DiVincenzo always finds his way on like the bottom of all of those. Mm-hmm. Like his his advanced statistics like aren't in favor of him. And, you know, there is some eye test with that as well. Maybe, you know, you could point to a lot of things there, but I- I'm keeping an eye on him based on, you know, I, I kind of think that I understand that when Steph comes off the floor and you have Poole with the second unit, you don't really want Poole as the point guard. You don't want him to set everyone up. You want him to create his own shot. Mm-hmm. And if he's doing that, he can't really set anyone up. So I understand why DiVincenzo plays, why you gave Ty Jerome the two-way. You know, I I, I get that. But I, I'm just thinking there, there's got to be someone else, man. Like, someone's got to take a... Because the reason it works in the starting lineup is because Draymond's a playmaker. Draymond's yeah. kind of like the point guard who can help set up Steph and help set up Poole, and those guys can cook on their own. They need to find that in the second unit because I don't know if I like the DiVincenzo or Ty Jerome, and I don't want Poole to be like this on-ball point guard, maybe for a little bit, but not for the whole time of his of his uh, second unit stint. They need, like, Kaminga needs to start passing. He's never going to be passed like Draymond, but isn't that the guy they're looking at to replace him? So they need someone <clears throat> else. To, 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 to do some of that stuff. We'll talk about this in a minute, but Kaminga has one move. <laughs> <laughs> he has one move with the basketball, and if they cut it off, he has nothing to do, and he stops the dribble, and he looks to pass immediately. He's going to um, have an interesting season. Yeah, so uh, Jermichael Green, 3 of 6 shooting, 2 of 3 from 
three-point land. Uh, seven rebounds. I thought he played really well. There was is he a, not the Otto Porter Jr. replacement? Like that's what I've been saying this whole time. He is a replica of of what Otto Porter provided for us. He's just going to replicate that. I think he. I would say he's more. He he's a little bit more of like um, maybe not. Uh, you know it 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 is. I, I, I'll, I'll let me step back. I, I'm going to agree with you with the caveat that I think he's going to be a little bit more doing the dirty stuff that, than, than Otto did because Otto was able to go, because he's such a, Otto's such a great shooter, he was able to stay outside and, and make teams pay. Jermichael Green's only going to shoot that three if they give it to him, and LeBron gave it to him two, mm-hmm. twice, all that, yeah. and, and he hit it. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be his first option like it was with autos because autos autos a gunner man like he, he's a shooter so uh very similar but i think jermichael green wants to be a little bit closer to the basket yeah. he may he may get into you know more more of like the rougher play like like a draymond than than auto well every time auto mixed it up i was like oh just don't get hurt just don't get hurt yeah and yeah, i don't i, I don't see i don't see green like that yeah, um, I feel like the comparison is more of later season Otto Porter Jr. because we knew him on the team as a sharpshooter. And then we started knowing him in December as a guy who's going to get rebounds, a guy who's going to get offensive rebounds. And then I think it was in that Memphis game, actually, that we started picking up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started missing from three. He actually had a stint where he wasn't really hitting going into the playoffs. Like he wasn't even hitting the three that well, but he had built such a rapport and everyone knew him as a sharpshooter that he was kind of able to just like still stand out there and have a guy on him. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like he started doing the dirty work in the playoffs. So I, I kind of feel like Otto Porter Jr. was like three-pointer first, dirty work second, where Jamichael's like dirty work first, three-pointer second. So I'm going mi- to miss that guy. Yeah. Hey, speaking of guys that, you know, JTA went to a bad team, GP went to a bad team. Otto Porter Jr. might be on a good team this year. Uh, they're, they might be really good. They're yeah. they're all like six, seven, six, eight guys. It's the Raptors arms. favorites, man. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, last thing here for this game. Uh, let's talk with the young guys. James Wiseman, who I had my eye on him more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. 16 minutes, four of six shooting. He missed all four of his free throws, and they were really bad. Yeah, they were. He, did, he had seven boards, so he's active. Uh, eight points. He is the big loser in the plus minus, though. He was the he, he was minus eleven. Jonathan Kaminga minus eight. Divincenzo minus five. They were the big ones. But uh, overall, I would say I would give Wiseman a B minus. And the one thing that I look at from him is because he is so big and he's so strong, when he goes up with that basketball, and I'm, I think I mentioned this before, and he allows them to slap it away before he can finish, that frustrates me a little bit. And, and may, you know, because when you like, we were watching the, the best guy. At doing that in in LeBron, I was watching the the, the play where um, I think he goes right at Wiseman, and he knows that Wiseman has got the length. So what he does is he knows Wiseman's coming from this side over here, and he's got to finish. So he holds it here, 
and then he gets super wide, and so Wiseman can't come all the way over the top, and then he can lay it in, and Wiseman's you know that mm-hmm. close from finishing. Like Wiseman is is kind of going up the same way, just like this, and they're just whacking his hands and slapping the ball out. He should just be a little bit more ferocious there. Uh, I think they. I think he's going. Hopefully, he will get better at that. But that's really the one flaw, because he's going to get a lot of dunks this year. I don't know how many he had tonight. I saw at least one. Uh, he had a nice layup finish as well, because he's very, he's a graceful athlete uh, at the same time. And I just, I think it's just the aggressiveness. It's the aggressiveness. It's the ferociousness on the finish. Uh, I mean, maybe some of it will will be a Draymond lob that he catches and dunks and Draymond hypes him up. But that's that's the thing that I wanted to see that I didn't see was that ferociousness. But he did uh-huh. some some nice things. He had a block shot on um, was it Gabriel? When you, I, yeah, I, uh, he I, I mentioned that he reminded me of our uh, truth from WWE. That's what he looked like. Uh, he swatted his shot away. But I think he should. You know, we should expect him to do more of those things because he is such a force and he is such a tall, wide. Guy ended up only with, with one block, uh, but I want to see more of those things for him because I think if he ha- if he starts to get this reputation of being a shot blocker, of being able to finish, uh, you know that Steve Kerr will be a little bit more comfortable playing him in certain spots, and I think that would be really good for him. But yeah, it's there's still a little bit of like trepidation. I don't I don't I'm, I don't think he's scared. I think he's sort of figuring things out. Yeah, yeah. But in some too cases, much, yeah. you, you don't want him to think, right? You just want him to go. You just React. want him to do. Yeah. So I think my few gripes <clears throat> with him all come on the defensive end, but like I think it's easy to like point fingers when we're sitting on the couch when it's like really hard to do. But like oh, it's, it's 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 but my I point mean, my point is is that I could say Wiseman, you need to do this. Wiseman, you need to do that. Wiseman, you need to do this. Like a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, we could tell him, but he's probably not isn't physically <laughs> capable of doing some of the things we're request we're, we're we're saying that he should. Wiseman has all the tools, has yeah. the feel for the game. He is capable of so much. But like my main problem with his game today was his IQ and transition on defense. There were a few possessions where you know I think there was one where they started a fast break. And okay, before I before I start like. I said that the Lakers aren't a good test for the Warriors, and yeah. they aren't. But if you want to talk about a good test for like Wiseman, the Lakers are have a loaded front court. So I feel like this was actually probably a good test for at least him. I think I know the um, play you're going to talk about too. I, I got a couple. Uh, but there was one, I think, where LeBron was driving and he got stopped at the free throw line and Wiseman was a little late. But I think Kamingo or Jermichael Green was already on LeBron and Wiseman just decides to also stay on LeBron, but not really double him, kind of just be there. And then Anthony Davis is just sprinting yeah. and just gets there. And like Wiseman just doesn't pick up that that's his, that's that guy you got to guard in transition. So I I blame communication more on that because I, I, I saw the same thing you did. <clears throat> it was actually Wiggins. So what happened okay. is, is Wiseman looks at Wiggins to stop ball on LeBron and Wiggins doesn't Wiggins actually comes back further to the three point line because I think what Wiggins saw was he saw Davis coming. So he's like, Oh, LeBron's going to drop it there. And so we got to prepare for that. But Wiseman didn't see it. So then Wiseman sees that Wiggins is not stopping ball. So he goes to stop ball and then Wiggins can't get around him, or you know, quickly enough to to get to where where Davis was. So I would I think that's more of a communication thing, 
But some of that is, yeah, he he's some of that's like feel. he's staring at LeBron rather than like looking at the big picture because he's just thinking, I got to stop ball because Wiggins yeah. not stopping ball. Yeah, and there was also one where I think um, Davis set like Pat Bev a screen or something. There was something where Wiseman was on Davis and then Steph does his fake show because he's not going to stay on Davis or he's yeah. not going to stay on Luca in the playoffs. Yeah. He does yeah. his fake show. Yeah. And Wiseman is just like, oh, I'm already in the paint guarding Pat Beverly. And Steph is like, oh, I got to turn around now and guard Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's like there's IQ stuff in there that I feel like but, is just. So I think that is also about communication and and just about playing together. Uh, Wiseman, I think instinctually, he's like thinking like a big man, right? And in the Warrior system and the way that they play defense, you cannot think only like a big man because of how they how switch. much is communication or how much is maybe i don't want to let my six three-point guard guard a seven footer like there's some like there's iq in that sure it's communication but there's definitely like there's there's iq in that there's feel for the game there's stuff that he'll gain as he continues to play but like i'm not gonna I mean, pin that, that all that, on communication that's the stuff that'll get pointed out when they watch film i'm sure uh his his big man coach will have a conversation with him I think in, in some defenses, uh, that's probably the correct play. When he was in college uh, for those handful of games, that was probably the correct play. Yeah, but in this system, shoot. in this system, you got to just watch Looney. It's almost like, what would Looney do? Oh, this is how I have to play that uh, play that thing. So, yeah, that, there's yeah. definitely things that he, he can learn. But I will say that B- minus is a, a hard grade because... I think we need to grade him a little harder. He needs to show out this year. And I'm looking forward to that happening because I, it, like, yeah. like I said, he's the X factor. Uh, I think I said this uh, either a couple weeks ago when we last recorded, he's the X factor because if he is actual uh, beneficial to this team, like he does things that they have never had in this current run. And it would be like, Oh, another tool like we actually have another tool to 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 use and and just sky's the limit uh, mm-hmm. offensively and, and defensively and i think we're gonna be harder at least i will be harder on him um because and he doesn't give a crap if i'm hard on him. <laughs> no but but it's but i think it's that he out of out of the young guys except for pool he is the only one with a guaranteed rotation spot like you can't really take him out of the rotation you need a backup five and respectfully, he's the least deserving of a consistent rotation spot out of Kaminga and Moody. They, they paid their dues last year. They, they, uh, that's just, it's just my opinion on it. Uh, he's also playing to get his contract picked up, right? The, the Warriors yeah, have the next, option he would be on his fourth year. Eligible next year. And he's already making 12, so I don't know what the, what the option is. Uh, at least 12, probably a little bit more. So he's got to show that that he's worth that in this system. And I think it's just going to be a, a good growth year. But I want to see him. I want to see that thing click and then boom, he's off to the races. That's what I'm I'm rooting for. Can you decline an option and still be a restricted free agent? That's so if dumb. The, if, but... the war, if you're saying if the Warriors declined his... If they don't pick up his option, yeah. does he go to free agency restricted or unrestricted? Because he's going to free agency a year before. That's a good question. I don't know. We should probably look that up. Because the whole thing that with the Wiseman is like, I've been, you know, he's missed X amount of games. They might be able to get some kind of discount on him. So I was just wondering, you know, you know, who would what the best way to do that? You know, who would know? Who? 
Anthony Slater. Yeah, he would. Uh, okay, Jordan Poole. Uh, I there there was some stuff that he was doing in the first quarter where I, where I was like, "This is baby Steph right in front of our eyes," and then uh, he struggled. I thought for most of the rest of the game, mm-hmm. uh, he ended up shooting wise four fifteen, two of nine from three, um, twelve points, and even you know we've talked about seven assists. So he he and Steph tied for lead, but. The one thing that is maybe uh, because of who he was in the rotation with, his plus minus probably is not even a valuable stat because he was running with so many of the young players, but only a plus one. And and it's kind of what you had talked about with what his role is. He definitely thought or he definitely felt like he was the best scoring option on the floor. So I think he forced a lot of stuff. He and is. that's some that he is for sure. Uh, but he's also gonna he's also gonna get the more the most gravity, right? If he mm-hmm. watches how Steph plays, he, people are gonna gravitate towards him because he's got the ball, and and they know that he can put the ball in the bucket. Uh, so in that, he's I think he's got to be able to to make plays for some other mm-hmm. guys. But I thought he forced a lot of stuff. He missed some pretty wide open shots. Uh, I I was just happy to see him. I was a little worried about kind of. There's two ways that I thought it could have gone. The first way was he's a little trepidatious. He's unsure of himself. And then we watched him in the preseason, the, that one game. We're like, nah, he, he still looks yeah. like Jordan Poole. The other thing that I thought was maybe that he would be trying to prove something, right? Oh, you know, I got to prove, you know, what that that this doesn't affect me. I got to overprove it to everybody. So I'm just going to go you know, score 35 tonight. And so I I don't know what it was. It was probably maybe more of that, but um, probably also what we said about his rotation and and what he saw as his role. But uh, I'm not going to be worried about that because he's not worried about it either. He's not worried about it. And, and a few of those shots I thought were going to drop and they just didn't drop. So Mm -hmm. ultimately I'm not worried about Jordan Poole. Uh, Let's talk about, Jonathan Kaminga, I know Kerr is fired up about Kaminga, his defensive rotations, and there's the play in the corner where he uh, intercepted the pass where it didn't where they were gonna sh- uh, there was a guy going to the corner they're gonna shoot a three and Kaminga intercepts the pass after barely crossing half court takes like two strides and he's in the corner. Offensively, it was rough. It was hard to watch because. And, you know, they made a point to say he's only 20. I get it. We're Again, we're being harder on these guys than, than anyone else's just because we watch them every day. But he did not look comfortable in the rotation with the rest of those guys. Yeah, and I think it's a little due to how much the Lakers were packing the paint defensively. It kind of felt like they were watching it. Like, there was always someone in there. So even his go-to move, trying to drive, like, there was always people there. So maybe he was a little hesitant to do it. Whereas against the Nuggets, he could play the, you know, he could play the dunker spot and and just That's do that move, role. Man, nobody's yeah. falling for that spin move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's, he's a player I feel like we're both going to keep an eye on and see. 12.1 for Wiseman. So Randy says uh, oh. 12.1 for Wiseman for his uh, option and then there's a fifth year option for 15.8. 
So I, I, I mean, the Warriors are gonna pick it up. They're yeah, but he's are they gonna to... extend on the fourth year? I feel like is that's the question on how I guess the amount maybe because they could extend for not that much. Yeah, still yeah. an extension. All right, why do we think our guy? I mean, he. We'll, we'll we'll call him your guy because you were so so high on him even last year. Moses Moody, man, he didn't get any run. He played. He did everything right again too. Like I, I don't see what the issue was there. Did he do anything wrong that you saw that was like gate was was grounds for him not touching the floor again? He missed. He missed some open shots, I guess. But like, I mean, he's supposed to take those. I mean, I I, I guess the. It, you're 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 really talking about positionally, right? So he wasn't uh, he. So so if you had Jordan Poole, <clears throat> Jordan Poole, Divincenzo, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Green, I I think if may, maybe in certain scenarios Green is not with that unit, and you slide Kaminga to the four, but it seems like Steve really likes him. At the three, and he likes him and him and uh, Wiseman together. I don't know. I don't know who he bumps out. You know, and they want to get Divincenzo the run, so it's probably Green or Kaminga who gets pushed out of that spot in the rotation for Moody. But I assumed he was going to be the second guy off the bench after Wiseman, and man, he was the eleventh guy in this game. Mm -hmm. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to come down to. You know, Kamingo or Moody. I'd be interested to see though if, like, if it is positionally, like, Moody's tall and he has a long wingspan, but I don't know how like big of a guy he is. Like, if he can, you know, guard threes. So, yeah, if it, if it's a choice between the three, Divincenzo, Pool, and Moody for the second unit, then obviously Moody for now seems like the odd man out because you guess you need Divincenzo to play make. But Moody does all the right things, man. He hit, the, he hit the three right away when he came in too. Right away, and he'll you know play hard defense. He'll go do the little things. Go do the dirty. He'll be a dirty work guy if you need him. Like he just does all the right things. I feel like he's a guy you're gonna want in the rotation. Did you hear him scream when he dunked? No, but I did see the dunk. That was cool. Yeah, he screamed. He let out a little wail. I don't know. I don't know who that was for. <laughs> uh, I guess nothing really to say about Rollins. He he just played the, the two minutes. Got up a shot. Um, and Patrick Baldwin did not play coach's decision. So uh, Iguodala, Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb, all inactive. For the Lakers, Troy Brown, Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant, inactive. Uh, last thing before we talk about a little bit of the prediction stuff. I will say, when the Warriors were playing the Cavs and they were constantly going to uh, you know, the, the championships and, and stuff. I did not necessarily enjoy watching LeBron as much because it was, he obviously he's, he's such a great player, but he was like an angry basketball player when, you know, during those years. And when I remember him, because, you know, I've been following him for his entire career, 2003, um, and and you know he's he's kind of like the young guy who's trying to get this team over the hump, and then he goes over to the Heat. He becomes like this kind of like this villain, but he's not really a villain. But by the time he's playing the Warriors in the finals, he's just so angry and like trying to will this team over the hump that it was not fun watching him because I'm just like this dude just wants to like you know get every call. 
he wants to fight Draymond. Like there, there's like a little bit of less joy from the LeBron that I remember now as the, you know, upper thirties guy, I think he kind of knows that his team is not great. It's acceptance, and, but he's fun to watch play again. Uh, there are c- certain scenarios where the five years ago, LeBron, I thought would have done stuff that the 38 year old LeBron did not do tonight, but that's normal. That's aging. That's just being older, but he is fun for me to watch again. And some of that has to do with the fact that I, I guess, you know, I, I didn't think that they were going to win or that they had a, <laughs> had a good enough team to beat us. That's probably some of it, but I enjoyed watching him play this basketball game tonight. Yeah. And he was really good too. I thought, um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, it's probably like he was in denial. He was playing angry. Like, Oh, this Steph guy, this is supposed to be my era. I'm yeah. supposed to win all these championships. And here comes his little six, three guard out of Davidson. Yeah. And now he's just accepted that exactly. He's not going to win. Steph might win some more. So. Any quick thoughts on uh, Davis? Davis played uh, the most minutes uh, on on in the game. He he played over thirty five minutes. LeBron was second at <clears throat> uh, a little bit lower by by a few seconds, but no one on the Warriors played over thirty two minutes. Steph played thirty two forty eight. Wiggins played twenty nine twenty eight. Those are the only guys uh, that high. But yeah, LeBron and uh, Davis are going to have to play a lot of minutes to win basketball games this year, I think. Yeah, OB texted our chat after the first quarter and was like, if Anthony Davis is healthy, he's a top 10 player in this league. <laughs> and we just kind of let that one sizzle for a little bit. And then we get to the fourth quarter and I was like, hey, you still, how's that How's that take? You still, you still liking it? And then he took it back. But <laughs> Anthony Davis really did have a good first quarter where he was looking really two-way kind of, you know, glimpses of what, of what he was pre-injury. So that was exciting to see. I mean... His jumper is like gone. Like, where'd yeah. it go? He, I don't he, know. he was 0 for three from three point land. Uh, he 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 like from just like I mean he's he's still really good around the bucket and he can still finish. But yeah, the, the a lot of the stuff that he was able to do, um, you know, when he was on the uh, in New Orleans that because the Warriors had to play New Orleans in playoffs at least twice. So we've so we've seen a lot of him too, as as much mm-hmm. as we've seen LeBron. Uh, but yeah, they're Lakers are going to be be tough. But you know, there's this talk about the Westbrook contract and trading the two picks and who you can get back. I don't know. You put Miles Turner and Buddy Heald on this team. I don't think it's that it makes much it better. better. It makes I don't think better. it's that I mean, much better. I think uh, we were talking about it on our podcast, and I think everyone has the Kings over the Lakers. And I was like, but if you get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, that at least puts them over the Kings. But yeah, they they probably stay in the same spot because there's ter- questions with Turner if he could stay on uh, if 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 he can guard the perimeter that well. He's a really good shot blocker and three point shooter, but can he guard the perimeter? Buddy Heald, we know he can't really defend. So yeah, it makes them better in the regular season, but it's not really much more than Turner. That. Turner and Davis can play together. I I can't. I, they both I mean, they both can shoot. Yeah, we'll see if Davis can shoot, know. but Miles Turner can actually stretch and he can hit threes. Not like volume wise, but if he's open. All right, so let's talk about some of the other things uh, that we're going to talk about before we get out of here, which is uh, you had some Warriors predictions that you wanted to throw out, some some hot takes on on how they were going to do uh, this season. Did you oh, uh, want to throw those out? Oh, man, I just said we should do it, and I didn't really come up with any, but I'm sure I have some. Well, okay, about. so you are predicting that they go back-to-back? Yes. that That's a take. That's a hot take. I, I did the same, but... You know, I'm never going to pick against them. So that's it's more I don't want to pick against my team. 
than anything else. But yeah, I mean, they they have pieces, so they're going to be in it. They're they, they may not win 60 games like, you know, maybe Milwaukee could or Denver could because they're just going to rest guys. You know, they're going to rest a lot of their guys. But uh, that I mean, that's a hot take. Do you think. Do you think Steph can get back into the MVP race? Because he was a contender in the first half of the season, and then in the second half, he was not. And I don't think anyone is taking him seriously this year. Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't have him in my top three for, for MVP. Um, and there is some like media like voter fatigue that goes in, in that. But I feel like they'd be more than happy to give it to Steph for his third time after so long. Um I think he could. I think he can get a top five and get a first team all NBA. I think that's possible. I just don't think he'll one play enough games because they'll probably rest him. Maybe, you know, God forbid something happened, but I just think that the Warriors will probably rest a lot of their veterans and you know, um No, I think I think I think he'll be in that form, but like not games eligible. Like I think he can play to that level, just like maybe not in consideration for the awards. Well, He's gonna if let's say he plays sixty five games. There's uh, no MV. No, he wouldn't. I don't Jokic think is gonna play 70 high seventies. Yeah, Giannis is gonna play mid seventies to high seventies. As long as Luca doesn't get hurt, he will be high on that list as well. So yeah, he probably does not have a chance because he's a sixty five game player. I think, and better for us that he plays that many games. Yeah. Do you think yeah. there is any? Um, I do you think Draymond has a shot at defensive player of the year stuff? I think there's a window. No Rob Williams, no Jaron Jackson Jr. for a while. Like if there's a year where he can try and get it again, it would be this year. Kawhi's going to be a little slow to start. Um, I think his real competition is Gobert and Bam. So I definitely think he could do it. That Marcus Smart is going to go down as like the most fraudulent defensive player of the year of all time. <laughs> I swear the thing was, I hated it when it happened. I still hate it. Uh, but yeah, Draymond. He was, he definitely was, has a uh, he, yeah. He was trying to create some friction to, to the, in today's game. I was like, come on, dude, we, we, we're on to you. <laughs> yeah. On to you, my guy. Uh, I don't know. He was, he was too happy Draymond for me tonight. And I need, I need to see angry Draymond, but again, he, I don't think he felt threatened and his best friend LeBron was on the other side. So, Someone someone caught it on like TNT, like the overtime cam, I guess, that like I think while the Lakers maybe were shooting free throws, LeBron sat back or they were in like a transition and LeBron kind of sat back. Maybe a foul happened on the Warriors side of the court um, and his team was on the other side of the court. Everyone was on the other side of the court and they caught a the, that camera for some reason caught Draymond like in his like jumpsuit, like uh, <laughs> practice or uh, warm up gear, like running over to him and starting like laughing, cracking jokes on the court like mid game. <laughs> They should they should redo the uh, Magic and Isaiah 1988 Finals Game One, where they did the little kiss kiss each other on the cheek move. I think I think Draymond and LeBron should repeat that one just to show everyone how their friendship uh, is stronger than ever. They have such a I know they have they feel such a need to like or I, I, maybe it's Draymond's side to be like I'm like LeBron's like one of my best friends. It's like we get it, man. We get it. Hey, if it works, right? There, if if it's a little bit of uh, uh, iron sharpens iron, maybe because Draymond has always played 
LeBron tough, right? All the way back to the, those finals. So I just, I just find it, I find the whole thing funny because, uh, of their hit, their past. Well, their past, but also, you know, LeBron is like a recruiter. He's like a, yeah, yeah. Because of clutch and everything. He's, he's, you know, remember, yeah, we'll see. Remember, how... remember when Ben Simmons was young king? Whatever happened to <laughs> young king, man? We'll see. Well, you think LeBron will, will throw him to the curb once Draymond signs like another long term contract somewhere else? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, um, we, we did some predictions. You, your, your podcast, uh, had, uh, some graphics and you had, re- you had, told folks to give your uh, to give their predictions for the NBA season and you had a little template and then you created a graphic for them so I'll quickly Mason. shout out Mason yeah your, your podcast meaning yeah. your graphics department meaning yeah, yeah, uh, Mason yeah, Mazza yeah, yeah. uh so let's uh let's read I'll read off mine really quickly and then we'll read off yours uh so defensive player of the year I went Giannis uh rookie of the year went Keegan Murray from the Kings most improved players like the worst thing to try and predict. Yeah, I originally I thought R.J. Barrett, but then I was like, ah, oh, Wendell Carter Jr. It, yeah, what made you go with Wendell? That was an interesting one. If or if Orlando is good, I mean, it's just based on if if Orlando is, is a good team. I just feel it goes like when they made the trade, when Chicago made the trade, and uh, for for the center from the from the Magic, what's his name? Vucevic. Vuce, yeah, for for Vucevic. I was adamant that this was the wrong move because I was like, they're going to play Vucevic off the, off the court. Like we don't need, you don't need someone just to play in the post. Like Wendell Carter is kind of the, the type of player that you need. Maybe he's not going to be your starting five, but he's the kind of player that you need. And so I've always been a fan of his. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, uh, you know, I think he, I forget what his, his numbers were last year, but they were surprisingly no, they were good. good. That's why and, people, you know, I talked to, sorry to cut you off, but I, I talked to Kobe Price of the Orlando Sentinel. He covers the Orlando Magic, and he doesn't think Wendell could get it because his numbers were too good he, last year. Because he grades it on literally a year-to-year statistical jump. Yeah, I, Obviously, I test, but that's why he didn't do Jordan Poole because Jaw went from what? Uh, 19, 20, 19, 18 yeah, 20 points, points per game to, to 27 yeah, or whatever, whatever that was. Yeah. So that, that's why that, that was Sam Amick's uh, reason for doing it too. So, you know, people have different ways of voting it, but he was, doesn't think Wendell can really like go astronomically better than that stat line. Did you see Slater went Patrick Williams for his, that's vote. the pick I like, like that's you what like it should one? be. Like it, it should be guys who, cause Slater said it perfectly. They value the points per game jump. It's mm-hmm. like if Patrick Williams could become like a really valuable player on the Chicago team, and they they end up as like a fifth or sixth seed. Like it's probably a lot of his doing with Lonzo out and all. Like like a Jaden McDaniel's to me would be. I feel like an awesome pick. I feel like he's pretty like a key to how this Minnesota Timberwolves team. No, nobody was drafting him in fantasy. Jaden McDaniel's. I wanted to. Alex took him the round. I was going to take him. That's my guy. All right. So sixth man of the year, I went with Jordan Poole. MVP, I went with Luca. There, there's five or six guys that I think are really good choices for MVP. I think Lucas team is not going to be as good as it was last year. So, so maybe his numbers have to go up a little bit, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, Tim Hardaway jr. Is back. So maybe that helps out a little bit. Uh, Best record. I went bucks. I sort of feel like Giannis, this is Giannis's year for like, you know, you guys forgot about me because I didn't make the finals 
And I think he really loved being in the finals. Like he likes mm-hmm. being known as like the best player in the NBA. Yeah. So I think he's got a little bit of like, a, okay, we're, we're, we're going back and I'm getting back there and we're going to have a really good season. Uh, some of that is Middleton. He's still not even ready to play, right? How long is he going to be out? I actually don't know his time, his timetable. So worst record, there's a multitude of teams here. You could have gone Jazz, Spurs. I just went Hornets. Um, I, I that there, there's nothing outside of Lamelo. Uh, I guess they Book have Knight, pieces, but I feel like they're going to flip them. Book Knight just got his like fourth DUI of the year. I wouldn't t- I, I, totally I, count on what's him. What's going? On? See, like stuff no like clue. that. What's going on with stuff like that? Yeah, Miles Bridges. We kind of know the then, story yeah, there. I mean, this dude's done, right? Like he's. He's well, I mean, he keeps getting his court hearing delayed or pushed out or something like so I, I keep seeing like a tweet once every like four weeks. And it's oh, it's pushed out again. So we'll see with him. And then I had Warriors Bucks in the finals and uh, Warriors winning the title. So for your picks, Ooh. you had Rudy Gobert winning defensive player of the year. Yeah. Do I next, get to list mine? Next to, to Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, go for it. Um, so a lot of my reasoning, I'll start with, cause some of my reasoning, like, um, counteracts each other. I said MVP Joel Embiid, because I think there's voter fatigue and voter fatigue is real. I don't think they'll give it to Jokic three years in a row, even if he's the first seed, even if he, you know, has the same stat line. I think he's got to do something like astronomically better, which I don't know if he can based on how he's been playing. Cause it's so good. Like, I don't know how much better you can get. Um, and that counteracts. Mighty Rudy Gobert defensive player of the year because that would be his third, right? Or his third yeah. or fourth or something uh-huh. like that. But I think, you know, I think people don't believe in it working for the Timberwolves. And I think if it works, he could he could win it again. And uh, but yeah, back to my MVP pick. I think there's three possible MVP candidates. There's gonna be more. It's gonna be someone that jumps in the picture that's unexpected. But I went into it thinking Joel Embiid, and I have the Sixers as the best record in the East. So I think that um, if that's the case, I think Joel can finally get it this year. I had Luca, and you picked Luca, but I think I had Luca as the seventh seed, and I could easily see him being the eighth seed. I think he's got average like thirty-five points or thirty, like thirty-two to thirty-five points per game to like keep this team afloat. Because you really look at that roster, there's not much outside of him. Like Dinwiddie's okay. Christian Woods, we don't know what Christian Wood looks like on a winning basketball team. Like there's a, a not, lot of this. Not team, a Maxi Kleber guy. Not uh, not really. A lot of well, this team, especially not in the playoffs. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Powell sucked in the playoffs too. I mean, they get yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. back, but I think this team kind of fits Luca's strengths and kind of actually hides a little bit of his weaknesses because everyone can kind of defend on that team. So maybe he doesn't have to. But I think we're gonna hear a narrative on how like, oh, Luca needs help. But like, you know, this is it's kind of a LeBron thing where you want to put shooters around Luca, and that's what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's just I think he just needs like an, a second star. But uh, I could see. If like he, I think he's got to get a six seed at least. That's what Jokic was last year, right? A six seed and he got the MVP. Has a seven seed ever won the MVP? What was Russ when he got it? Was that a six seed too? Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was a six seed because I remember we were trying to get see if Steph could get it, but he was an eighth seed, and that was kind of one of the main ruling along with Jokic being amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think if Lukic is a seven, Luca is a seven or eight seed, he's not going to get it. And my other one was Jason Tatum. Um, because I think that, you know, he could potentially take a jump in his game and the Celtics will be really good in the regular season. So, you know, he might get a nod. And today he looked really good. A lot of the weaknesses I felt like he had during the finals, he was kind of showing today, like making a statement. Like one of my main uh, qualms with his game in the finals is that whenever he'd get contact, he'd flail and he wouldn't be able to finish 
through contact. And today, like he was finishing through contact like crazy. So I feel like he's a good pick. Max picked him. You picked Luca. I picked Embiid. I think those are all solid picks. I, I'm interested to see on who outside of that top three will start coming into the Tate, I think Tatum is a, is a really good pick. The The thing about that team, though, is can you can you be the MVP as the best player and the most talented player when I still feel like Jalen Brown is the, the and Marcus Smart are like the heart and soul? Like there's like something there where I don't know. I, I like Tatum a lot, but I also think like Jalen Brown – I'd almost rather have Jalen Brown on the Warriors. I don't know. That, that might just be like maybe on the Warriors. Taste. That might be that might be just a personal taste. But there's like a there's like a dog in in Jalen Brown that I don't yeah. see in Tatum. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean T- Tatum, especially if Boston is as good as as they might be, because Jeez. man, they, they looked, looked really good today. today. Yeah, well, Malcolm Brogdon, but you know, will Brogdon will probably get hurt at some point, so they'll have to. <laughs> that, I mean, that's why they got the depth, right? They got Derek White. Yeah. They got Brogdon. Um, yeah. Who was the, the Noah Vonley? I was like, who's this guy just wanting to? He was fight, in uh, yeah, Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins and Embiid's draft with yeah. Julius Randle. Like, that was, that like, was a callback. He's just, he's just like getting underneath Embiid and wanting to fight him. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, that's yeah. Noah Vonley. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe since I picked the Sixers as the one seed and they got kind of got outclassed a little bit the score was a little closer than i felt like it kind of ran away with at the end of the game celtics were kind of up by 15 maybe 20 but um yeah i have a lot to say about that team maybe when i do my podcast this week uh going back to my list though rookie of the year paolo bencaro i think it's between two with the dark horse paolo and keegan i feel like are the top two but a lot of people are picking ben matherin which makes me happy as a u of a fan i guess he had a really good preseason i didn't see any of the games really good summer league too yeah, no, I'm keeping an eye on him for sure. But I feel like with Rookie of the Year, in years past, they've given it to a guy who either gets the keys to a team and is able to bring them to a play-in, you know, point at LaMelo. Or it's a, a guy who's given a key to a team and is a very contributing piece to a winning team. I just feel like with Rookie of the Year, they tend to give it to guys who are you know, are just given everything to do or a guy who's given things to do on a winning team with Scotty Barnes. I think that the Pacers are going to have one of the worst records in the, of the season. So I just don't know, just basing it off of how the the past rookie of the years have gone. I don't know if, uh, if I can see Ben Matherin getting it based on how I have them in the prediction. So I went Paolo. Mm -hmm. I think he's, he, I think they drafted him to be the guy. I think they drafted him to be the number one guy and, He's going to have pressure, but I mean, Franz is going to take pressure off of him. Franz is not a nationally known name as he should be. I think this guy's a future time, a future all-star, but uh, you know, you talked about Wendell. You've, uh, I, 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 I'm a believer in Jalen Suggs still. Cole Anthony is a decent player. We'll see what Markel Fultz does. Jonathan they're, Isaac coming back. They're going like, to be fun to watch. This is going to be a fun team. We should go see them when they come to the chase. Yeah, I'm in. Um, so I, I, like watching, I like watching the young teams. Yeah, me too. Uh, Paolo, I'll try to make this quick. Paolo, rookie of the year, MIP, Anthony Edwards. I don't like the pick. It's just based on how they've done it in the past where Jaw won it last year. Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram's won it a year. Just guys who I feel like are expected to make the jump. Mm-hmm. That's who usually wins it. And this is the year for Anthony Edwards to like solidify his spot in the league. And, you know, we had him top 20 in our top 25 rankings. Um, so I think, I think it's, I think he's probably the pick. I think there's Maxi in there as well. There's Halliburton in there as well. De'Aaron Fox could be a sleeper. I kind of wanted to pick Fox, but I'm going with Edwards. 
Uh, Jordan Poole, I said it on my podcast, it's his award to lose. I think the only way he loses it is if Clay gets hurt and he starts for more games than he comes off the bench. Um, Max picked Malcolm Brogdon, I think is a good pick as well. My sleeper would be Trey Murphy the third. I talked to Will Guillory of The Athletic uh, for the Pelicans, and we both were kind of just like pretty high on him in general. And he's going to be coming off the bench, and I don't think there's, there's a way he starts unless someone gets hurt, when I think he would be a starter on a lot of teams. Um, All these name drops, wow. Lots of name drops, yeah. Uh, best record, Denver. Uh, my best record isn't uh, really who I think is the best team necessarily. It's more of who I think is going to try the hardest in the regular season. And Denver with, you know, a cruddy team last year, Jokic was able to pull them to a six seed. And you add Jamal Murray, you add Michael Porter Jr., you add Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you add Bruce Brown. Um, I, I think this team, I mean, when before Jamal got hurt, like there was a point in that season where it was the second half of the season uh, before Jamal got hurt against the Warriors, like they were really good. They were putting up some like insane numbers. So I think they can be a one seed. I'm not too high. <laughs> they got, they, you know, I've, I've talked about the Warriors. Like I feel like they kind of need Wiseman insurance just in case something happens. The Nuggets need insurance badly. Like I almost would rather have Boogie than DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan might be like the worst backup center in the league. And so I, maybe they're going to be looking for someone. I don't know if they kept a roster spot open or not, but mm-hmm. Derek favors got waived. Maybe they look at that, but yeah, Deandre Jordan, I think sucks. Um, and that's, who's going to be like on the court when Jokic comes out, which is so silly. Worst record, Utah jazz. They sold all the important pieces and I still think they have more to do come trade deadline. So I think there's going to be a team where I think there's, there's their lineups going to end up being like Colin Sexton, who might win you some meaningless games. Uh, who else might still be on the team? THT, uh, Vanderbilt, Larry Markinen, and Walker Kessler. If you can, if you know like two of those guys on that team, I'd be surprised. So, um, not a lot of names on there, and I think they're just going to end up tanking for Wembenyama after the first twenty games of the season. Um, finals matchup: Warriors versus Bucks. I, f- I think that's a lot of people's finals matchup. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, have have Clippers Bucks, but th- this kind of seems like the the main one is is uh, Warriors versus Bucks, and I have the Warriors winning it. I, Anthony Edwards was too mean to Bo Cruz in, in Hustle. I, I don't want yeah. him to win that award. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is uh, this was fun. Uh, it was a fun to watch them win. They're going to have a bigger test on Friday. So uh, we'll have to figure out when the next time we record. Uh, we, you know, we may just go back to Thursdays. This was kind of like a, a one-off thing. But who knows? Maybe there's other big games that, that you know, we want to talk about. And we, we'll kind of do the the uh the the in interweek uh podcast like we did today so we're not going to be back on thursday which is our normal day because we recorded today but we'll figure out uh, probably you know also during the week we don't really want to record when the warriors play so we may have to like kind of futz around with with the schedule but uh yeah so that is it warriors are one and oh in this new 22 23 season and the nba is back and we both got league pass, so I'm probably going to watch way more basketball this year than I have in a long time. I'm already watching all the finals from uh, 2000, starting from 2000. I'm, I'm watching all the finals. Oof. I want to say it's Pistons versus Magic tomorrow. It's going to be a must watch for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, young Randall. He has Nets Warriors in. He in the does, finals. yeah, yeah. He and does. I made Steve, his template. Stephen A. I saw Stephen A. did did make that take as well. Yep. So so Randy Randy believes in Ben Simmons, man. He, see, it, LeBron may not believe in Ben Simmons anymore, but to Randy, Ben Simmons is still his young king. 
trade for for Ben Simmons. To, uh, throw me some offers on fantasy, Randy. I got him in the fourth <laughs> round. <laughs> all right, so that'll be it. That is, uh, we'll 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 see you all next week. So for Brian, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Thanks for watching, Randy, and and those others, uh, Mark Nobita, who will also join us, uh, and for listening to everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace out.